his left, Jess on his right. Hey, hold up, don't start a fight. He's got you covered with all the sports. Don't fret, he's wearing shorts. It's time for Waking Jake in the morning. Waking Jake at night. Jake sucks. Good morning, Bakers. Happy Wordle Wednesday. And welcome to Wake and Jake. Myself, King BBD, producing his butt off in the corner. Everyone live in the chat. Um, yeah, had a... Uh, I see my guy Rusty in here, who has sometimes requested we talk hockey. And today he said, please don't talk about the hockey. Um, you're going to get a hockey mention because, man, that Rangers overtime game was awesome. Um, it's like the epitome of what makes sports good. Um, and last night was an awesome sports night in general. I, I'm just going to walk through it because I think it's, you know, I, I talk about this, I'd say, you know, once a month or something. I talk about what Wake and Jake was supposed to be encompassing. It, originally, it was every day it was going to breathe. For the Sports Center nuts that miss Sports Center and talk about all the games and what happened as we got busier and busier, it turned into a, a twice a week. I think it was three times and it was twice. We're here at twice a week. Um, and it's for nights like tonight, or last night, excuse me. Um, I'll walk you guys through it. We had a little work happy hour. That was nice. A lot of friends, a lot of good people, a couple seltzers. Yankee game comes on. I bid bid adieu. I've got Noodle the Doodle Dog to take care of. Uh, ate some Chinese food. Pretty nice. Watch the Yankees and the Blue Jays. A great game. Jameson Tyone versus Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa is awesome, and he owns the Yankees. Um, wipeout slider. A fastball that nobody on the Yankees can hit. Well, change up he mixes in. He is fun. Five starts this year, a one four five ERA for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, he feels like the real deal, and he's one of the reasons that people are all in on these Toronto Blue Jays coming off his big rookie year. He now has 25 major league starts. He is 13-2 and two with a two eight four ERA. Alec Manoa is the truth. Jameson Tyone on the other side for the Yankees protecting their 11-game win, 10-game win streak, excuse me, he, after last night, is 25.1 innings, 2.84 earned run. He has become, or excuse me, ERA. He has become kind of the forgotten starter for the Yankees. Garrett Cole's Garrett Cole. Seve's the bounce back ace. Nestor Cortez Jr. is just fun on wheels. Monty's been such a regular thing for the Yankees that he's, just, he's like a part of the family. He's your dog. He's your couch you sit on. He's there every day. Jameson Tyone... The weird start last year, he figures it out. Now he's back. He looks great. We are in a shootout. 0-0 Toronto pushes one across. Yanks go down 1-0 in the fifth. They bounce back. Big Aaron Judge hits a monster homer on a 3-2 pitch to the third deck or whatever the hell it is in Toronto. 
By the way, if you haven't seen this, you probably have. But a guy in the crowd catches it, turns instantly. Young Aaron Judge fan. Kids emotional. Big hug to a stranger. It's beautiful. It's everything that sports is supposed to be about. The following inning, Jamison Tyone comes back out and shuts down the Blue Jays. Huge. A big sixth inning. The Yankees push across six in the seventh. Little bit of funny business. Close play at first. Call goes the Yankees' way. They couldn't overturn it. BBD trying to put our biases aside. Your thoughts on that play at first? Because that's kind of what starts the conversation. Um, I apologize. I was looking at a baseball reference page. Which player are you referencing? The uh, Vladimir Guerrero stretch play that Giancarlo was called safe, mm. and they couldn't overturn it. I guess even the way I'm phrasing that shows. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit the funny business of of the rule. I th- if he was called out, they would have kept it I think out. they would have kept it out. So I replay, guess- I, th- I thought he was safe. I'm biased, though, so it's... The guy was looking for, for any reason to <laughs> there call There wasn't a safe. great angle. There was no winning. You needed a straight down on the base shot to see if Lad's foot came off. The umpire made the call. They didn't overturn it. If your team was on either side of the play, you'd want the play and you'd have an argument. Um, and then from there... The Yankees blew the top off in the seventh a little bit, including a rundown play, which, again, I'll give you something else to look up. (laughs) Uh, Marwin Gonzalez gets in a rundown. I think his rundown movements should be in a coaching video. I think he executed that well. There is one problem. He did get tagged, and the ump didn't see it. Um, And Toronto used their replay on the Stanton... Play it first, which left them without a review, which means we're not getting calls right, which means there's problems with the replay system. Um, So, part of me hated that for Toronto. That being said, Yankees blew the doors off there. Um, Vladdy was pissed, um, which I I might talk more about that later. Uh, That was unfortunate, but the Yankees end up blowing them out 9-1, so if you're the Jays... Don't get me wrong, the course of baseball games, the game scripts, I talk about them with football, I talk about them with baseball, like, this game got off path. Um, You know, for six innings, this was an incredible baseball game. The wheels fell off for the Baby Jays. Interested to see how they bounce back today. Yankees blowout win, 11 straight wins. Their bullpen, their offense, their starting pitching, it's awesome. A big series coming into Toronto. They take the first games. We'll find out what happens game three. All right, Jake, you got your Yankee stuff off your chest. Cool. Good. So then it's time to flip. I'm excited. Me and Noodle some Chinese food. I already told you that part. I hear the Golden State Warriors are playing Memphis, and I say, heck yes. I just told the people that this is going to be an incredible series to watch. By the time I flip it on... Gary Payton, too, is out of the game uh, with what turns out to be a broken elbow um, that Dylan Brooks, and if you've heard me talk about Dylan Brooks before, I told you Dylan Brooks is going to be in every playoff series for the next, like, eight years. He's a P.J. Tucker defense, does enough of everything. He's actually he's good. 
He scored 18 points per game this year, by the way. Um, like, you're going to be seeing a lot of Dylan Brooks. Uh, Andre Iguodala's, like, these guys end up on winning teams. They're winning players. He gets ejected. Uh, flagrant two. Uh, Steve Kerr calls it dirty in the mid-game interview. Like, I'm feeling the NBA juices. This is it, baby. I'm loving it. Um, John Morant is awesome. John Morant goes for 47 in this game. The Grizzlies' second highest score, you're saying? How about Zaire Williams? Out of Stanford. 2021 10th overall pick. Average eight per game during the regular season this year. That was the Grizzlies' second biggest scoring threat. Something else. I'm giving you more highlights to watch. Watch the Andrew Wiggins dunk from last night. Baby D, have you seen that? I haven't yet. Baby D, I retweeted it. Or no, I didn't retweet the video last night. I just tweeted out Wiggins. I need you to watch the Andrew Wiggins dunk. You're not going to believe it's Andrew Wiggins. Um, It is... Arguably the meanest oh. dunk I've ever seen. That's disrespectful. And then he talked after, like, everything you've ever heard or think about Andrew Wiggins is not represented in that dunk. That dunk looks like Jimmy Butler dunking on someone who just took his lunch money. Like, it is mean. And you're looking at Golden State with Curry, with Draymond back. Wiggins looking like a violent man. Clay. Never mind um, our breakout king, Jordan Poole, with another 20-point game. Otto Porter floating around. John Morant carries the Grizzlies to a 106-101 lead. Golden State was up pretty late in the fourth. Um... And he put the team on his back. And it's who he is, man. It's, it's, what I, it's what I tried to get across to you guys the other day. And a reminder, I wasn't, like, deep in that game. I, I just I saw the highlights from that game, and I knew that this game and this series was going to be special. John Morant is special, special. Um, like, you get nervous. Because it's this part of the NBA playoffs. I did this the other day that it's like, what do we do with Jalen Brown? Who, by the way, the Celtics bounced back in one. What do we do with Luka Doncic? We always want to compare these guys to the previous generations and the greats and who's going to be the all-time greats. And guess what? Doncic, Jalen Brown. Um, excuse me, not Jalen Brown. Um, Tatum. Jason Tatum. Tatum's better than Brown. That's fine. Um, John Morant even like if you go to the next level like Donovan Mitchell's like Donovan Mitchell has a really good NBA career up until this point a really good NBA career like where John Morant's heading I'm not saying it's like Kobe land but you'll see stuff that reminds you of a different level of basketball player. Um, 
And we're still young into this. And that's where you throw out the Kobe card and everyone's like, whoa, hey, easy with that. You don't do that. You don't say that. Maybe the better comparison is Derrick Rose. Um, Derrick Rose got the MVP when he was young, uh, on the ball, dominant. I still think that's almost a low bar for John Morant. And I, I guess I want that to be the sign of respect. That Go watch him. Uh, it's beautiful. They, There was a moment where they tried to foul him at the end of the game. And he shakes Andrew Wiggins in the backcourt. Andrew Wiggins is just trying to foul him. And he couldn't catch him. Um, his speed, his bounce, his basketball ability, what Memphis has going, um, their head coach deserves some respect. <laughs> I just Googled. <laughs> oh, man. This is, if you Google Memphis head coach, <laughs> so first the Memphis football team head coach pops up. So I did Memphis basketball head coach. Penny Hardaway pops up. Right. Taylor Jenkins is the Grizzlies head coach. Um, and he's got a really cool story. Uh, he's really well-respected in NBA circles. He's 37 years old. He's got the keys to this truck. Um, and again, I like I told you guys the other day, I still think Golden State's going to come back, and I think they're going to win this series there. They are a great team. The Jordan Poole stuff is insane. Go watch the Wiggins dunk and tell me what you do with that. Um, Golden State is just a better team, but it literally, it feels like in the MJ doc, when they come against the bad boy Pistons and MJ's like, all right, I will get stronger and better, and then I will go to work. As John Morant and the Grizzlies win, and this is where the NBA, and I... So I'm about to get to the hockey in a minute. Grizzlies win 106-101. Uh, again, Warriors were kind of up late in this game. Kyle Anderson is a hilarious watch. If you don't hmm. know who that is, his nickname is Slow-Mo. It looks like he's playing basketball in slow motion sometimes. It's wild. Um, he was getting some buckets last night. Um, Golden State was up. Let's see, 97, 97-93. <laughs> Under four minutes, so I mean, not crazy, but if you watched it and you saw that Steph Curry made a Steph Curry three-pointer, um, you know, it just felt like Golden State was going to Golden State. Morant and the Grizz hold him off, and then after the game, John Morant walks off the court. He gives Steph Curry a low five. And he says, we're going to have some fun. And I think it's funny because sometimes we get mad at the modern athlete in sports because we look at some old video and guys hate each other. And the bad boys, Pistons, they hated whoever they played. They didn't like those guys. Or you see two baseball teams and, yeah, I threw at that guy. F that guy. I hated him. Today's players don't have that. Some do in certain situations. But there, time. there's also a lot of mutual respect and admiration that we fill up the same intensity glass with. And that's what great ones have. And that's what Steph Curry and John Morant have. 
that I think this is going to be absolutely beautiful. Um, like, them saying we're going to have some fun, is this generation's, like, hold each other by the throat and, like, I'm going to kill you. I know it feels different, but, man, uh, this series is going to be electric. I still think Golden State, I mean, with Morant doing this, I'd still go Golden State in six. I hope Morant pulls out something special on us, and he's, he's a year ahead of what I think his timeline is. Because I think, man, the NBA for a couple years has been doing this who's the next superstar thing. Because it was LeBron. And it is LeBron. Kevin, to an we're always looking for who the next guy is. Kevin but. Durant kind of got hurt because he was on LeBron's timeline. Like, he's a very special all-time player. He's only, like, five years behind him. Same timeline. Like, he... You know, there was two years of debate where it was, like, KD or LeBron. Then Giannis kind of snuck in. And everyone's like, what is this? What the hell is this? What the hell's going on over there? Like... Harden kind of got in the mix for a couple years, but nobody liked it. You could you could at least talk about it. But. And then it was kind of Luca, like that's why there was a lot of Luca excitement. It was kind of like this guy might take the keys to the kingdom, and like be the NBA's next guy. So young, so young, so talented. That's kind of gone, eh, well, well, we'll see. Like, Luke is still, still in a discussion. Table. He's super young. He's super good. Zion <laughs> was a whole nother conversation now. Uh, John Morant, I would buy that stock for a little bit. Uh, it could be his league for the next four or five years. I don't know. With some of the smaller, not a small guard, but... You know, I compared him to Derrick Rose before. It's an, it's an uphill battle for just that position. The decline can happen a lot quicker than if you're built like LeBron. It's easier for someone built that way to take the that kind of step. Kobe, LeBron, MJ, like their builds, their physiques. I mean... It's a, it's a certain mold. Jaws not too far from that, but he plays a little differently. Dwayne Wade, maybe your better comparison... Kind of like Dwayne Wade. A little little more. Um, so that was a blast. That whole series is going to be a blast. I got a couple tweets from you people saying, like, you were on that. I mean, not too much rocket scientists. Just a lot of people are on John Morant. And Golden State, State is one of the most fun teams from our generation as a whole. So then I tweeted out something about Golden State Memphis. And I got some tweets saying, hey, not a Rangers guy, huh? And I said, well, I'm in New York City. Office isn't too, too far from the garden. New York guy. And most importantly, I am a playoff hockey guy. And I don't, I think some hockey people get offended by that. It feels like I'm crashing a party I wasn't invited to. Feels like the high school goths are throwing a party and I'm coming in trying to like hit on their girls a little bit or something like that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just here for the party, man. I'm just here for a good time. Because playoff hockey, overtime 
playoff hockey outside of World Series tie game or even extra innings. Maybe World Series extra innings, but not even. Just because it feels like that puck can go in the net at any moment. Overtime playoff hockey is as good as it gets. And again, I'm I'm not the biggest hockey guy. I'm not. But man, you could watch that with the most basic knowledge of hockey and watching how much those guys care. And again, I get it. When people look at the NBA and they see Curry and Morant give each other a high five after the game and say, we're going to have some fun. And these hockey guys are dead exhausted, mauling each other's faces. Different energy. <laughs> I get that. Doesn't mean Curry and Ja don't care. <laughs> Just they play a different sport. Um, it was an awesome watch. Tom Ace just pegged it perfectly in the chat. If you're more familiar with the Bino world, it's sudden sadness. It's sudden sadness that just doesn't really exist in other sports. If I was soccer, I, I would bring the golden goals out more. Um, I feel like that used to be a thing, and I think pure soccer purists hate it. But sudden death is like the pinnacle of sports. Um, and man, sorry to all my Blue Shirts fans. I know, I, obviously, by Yankees and the John Boy Media New York area, there is a lot of um, Blue Shirt fans. I'm sorry that it had to end that way. The other story that needs to be told here is I have... A little bit of a goalie background, which has been a popular conversation around the office lately. Uh, three years in high school, I was a varsity soccer goalie. Uh, my build's not perfect for it, if you know me at all. Wasn't shy throwing my body around. Uh, some high and low moments, goalkeeping. I think that's a good way to phrase it. Um, had a good time back there. Loved it. Always have been attracted to goalkeeping. I love the... I love the idea of you can kind of win or lose the game on your own. Or, like, if your whole team plays shitty and it's just a barrage, I don't know. You can, <laughs> you can either stand on your head and be a hero, or it's just like, well, we didn't have it, huh? Igor. Our guy, Igor is going to win the Vezina Trophy. He's been the best hockey goalie this year. We went to a game. Igor, Igor. The guy's a stud. He's a beast. Watching him play goalie, again, not even being a hockey guy, it's, it was just beautiful. It was always like he was in a perfect position. It was artwork. Uh, when you're locked in and that good as a hockey goalie, it's awesome. It's why Ranger fans are feeling really good about these playoffs. On the other side of the net, and this is where things get interesting because I don't flip over till overtime, uh, our guy Casey DeSmith, Casey DeSmith, he's in goal for the Penguins, sure. Not in my book. Everyone says he's having a good game, sure. At one point in overtime, 
DeSmith runs off the ice. He looks like he's got a little bit of a limp. Do we know what happened with him yet? Did he have to poop? Is he hurt? Um, let's see. Lower body injury, they're calling it. Maybe Chad, if you can help me out. In comes backup goalie, Louis Deming, which as you saw in Eve Joms tweets last night, he was having a blast with. Because they never called him by one name. They kept calling him Louis Deming. They just couldn't call him one or the other. It was Louis Deming. Journeyman goalkeeper, 30 years old. You know, they were digging into the story on the broadcast. He's played in four games um, in the past three years, something like that. The guy was like a journeyman, basically a triple-A journeyman goalkeeper. And there was an injury. Penguins had a couple injuries before the series. He becomes their backup goalie. And here he is in the playoffs versus the Rangers in overtime coming off the bench. And one of the announcers, they, they deserve so much credit. He phrased it so perfectly. He was like, Louis Domingue is coming into, you know, a double OT hockey game at 11.15 p.m. And he hasn't broken a sweat since 6.45 He's just been sitting on the bench like any of the fans for about four hours. He comes into this game. He makes a couple beautiful saves. Um, And by the way, it doesn't matter if a couple of them were beautiful. Can you imagine? And I kind of can. Obviously different levels. I'll tell my story in a second because I think I've told on here before. But can you imagine? It's a hockey puck. Think about the bounces hockey pucks take. That first puck coming his way, that pitter-patter that was going on in his heart, oh, wish we had him linked up to one of those heart monitor things because that would have been a fun watch. And I actually think the Rangers' first shot was kind of on the face-off and they sent it in. It wasn't too challenging. I would have saved that. I wouldn't have given him as much of a layup to start because that's... Once you get him warm, the confidence builds, and he's feeling good. And he was good. Um, An incredible story. They started digging further after that, and apparently he's a guy that kind of fell out of love with the sport, was ready to give it up, came back, kind of only because because of the Penguins goalie coach or something like that. So now, here I am. I've just watched my Yanks dominate the Blue Jays in an 11-game win streak. Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry, I've tweeted out multiple times, One of my favorite athletes to ever watch. Golden State Warriors as a team are one of my favorite teams to ever watch. John Morant is becoming one of my favorite athletes I've ever watched. And a goalie guy is watching the best goalie in his sport right now play for my New York Rangers versus a journeyman backup goalie that's getting his opportunity after almost giving up in the game. This is my dream. This is how I scripted it. Unfortunately for my blue shirts and happy for Louis Domingue, the Penguins score a deflection from the top. Malkin, I mean, how they do some of that stuff is unbelievable. I guess that's the other thing. If you are a sports fan and you don't, you know hockey, but you prefer the other sports, which is a lot of people. Sorry, hockey. Some of the skill stuff they try to do is unreal. Between the deflections... I watched, I think it was Crosby last night. 
He got a bullet pass sent his way. He tried to catch it off his skate and one-time it. And it was just like, what? There's people flying around. They're literally on ice. If there is an overtime hockey game, please flip over with me. I promise you enjoy it. And I'll tell this story quick because I just compared myself to Louis Domingue, uh, and I'm sorry for that. Sophomore year, I'm a short little chubby kid, and I'm the backup goalie on the soccer team, varsity soccer team. Let's go. Goalie ahead of me was pretty good. I didn't really want to play. I wasn't ready for varsity soccer. I was scared. Wasn't ready. When they used to do cornerback, corner kicks, excuse me, me and the only other sophomore on the team, the goalie's last name was de Blasio, shout out. Damn. We call him D-Blow. On corner kicks, when everyone's crashing in soccer, me and my buddy used to sit on the bench and sing a song called Let's Play Don't Hurt D-Blow. Because I didn't want to go in. I was not ready for varsity soccer. We play our rivals one day. Newtown, Connecticut. And they had a kid who was All-American. He was going to Wake Forest for soccer. Marcus Tracy, look him up. He was doing some, like, U.S. men's national stuff. Dude was gross. Different level of competitor and soccer player than I ever was. Forget if it was a corner, play in the box. Dan de Blasio goes down. Goalie down. Everyone's head turns to little old Jake. Are they going to do it? They did it. I go in the game. It does appear at this point that Dan isn't too hurt. He's not actually that hurt at all. They just had like the wind knocked out of him a little bit. So it becomes very apparent that the next time I'm going to go in, the next time the ball goes out of bounds, they're going to bring him back in. And that's fine. But it almost makes me more nervous. Like, I'm basically going to be in the game for 30 seconds to 5 minutes, and if I let a goal in against our rivals, I'm going to be a disaster. I may only get one shot at net, and if that ball goes in, I've let the team down, my career as a soccer player is fucked, it's over. So what happens? Our stopper sends out the free kick. He had a really big leg, so he sends it like past midfield. Ball bounces around. They get it. They kick it up to Marcus Tracy, the All-American soccer player. He starts dribbling through our defense. Here he comes. Marcus Tracy, he's got an open shot. Top of the box. Here it comes. It's an absolute bullet. I don't even move. It went right over the post, out of bounds. They subbed in Dan. I was out of the game. I was so scared. I was horrified. If that ball was anywhere besides, like, my immediate radius, it was a goal. Because I had been on the bench. I was overwhelmed by the situation. 
So credit to Louis Domingue, who that's why I was referencing before, that first shot that just hit him right in the chest. I would have saved that first one. Maybe test him a little bit. Give him the heebie-jeebies. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's an all-time Jakey story. Sorry to scare all of you. I built it up like that shot was definitely going in. Thank God it didn't. So happy it didn't. Um, and, man, a credit to sports. A credit to sports. Because um, that was awesome. And it was baseball. It was basketball. It was hockey. Football wasn't even there to get its dirty little head in the mix, but obviously football always can when it does. Um, and yeah, like, I, I'm sorry, hockey. I just don't think regular season hockey I'll ever be fully able to sink my teeth into unless I have, like, a child that becomes passionate about that. It's kind of the only thing that can steer this ship at this point. If there is an overtime hockey game, it is an instant flip for me forever. And maybe that's my message to you. If you're not a hockey person, you know hockey. You're familiar with it. And you see an overtime hockey game, get over there. Get over there. Because there's so much pending on every little hockey transaction that happens in every moment where NBA playoffs, if a guy, you know, guy hits a big three, there's a chance they can match on the other end and you can go back and forth. Baseball, you know, there's a lot riding on every pitch, but it's also... You can bounce one in the dirt, and essentially there might be no action. Um, every moment that puck bounces around and everyone's movement on the ice, um, it's, it's peak sports. It's peak sports, and I love sports. So uh, a beautiful night all around from the sports world. Um, and I think we're going to get more of it going forward, man. I mean, uh, hockey playoffs just started. Uh, and really funny, and maybe this will be my last little blowback at hockey. Um, you know, three overtime, Pittsburgh, New York, two, you know, staple NHL franchises. You know, exhaustion, backup goalie, all the story I just told. They flip over to the other game that their game was blocking because it was overtime. 6-1, Avs over Predators. And it was like, whoa. I just cared so much about every moment that was happening on the ice in the garden to looking at that game like, oh, I got nothing for you. Nothing. Almost felt rude that it was on my TV. So that's a little talking hockey. Um, I know some of you are Puck fans. You wanted some Jakey Puck. I can barely talk about it but I can talk about the passion of overtime. And I might be in on this Rangers-Pittsburgh series as a whole. In fact, little teaser, Tom Ace, maybe send the text. Um, I think I'm going to the Rangers game tomorrow night. It will be my first playoff hockey game. So, really excited for that. Really excited for that, to feel that energy. Um, and yeah, it's just one of those things, I really hope it's a good game. I also don't. I don't know. I'd really love if the Rangers won like three to two. Maybe I'll bet that at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. So, just emptied my heart there. 
uh, between sports, my goalie story, um, NBA. Uh, I guess I'm not even going to update you guys on the other hockey games because I, I don't really know. I, I could read you some scores, but I don't think that would do anything for any of us. Um, most importantly, what you probably need to know is Boston bounced back in one. I mentioned that briefly. Um, good for them. Good for them. They, uh, they had been playing such a good brand of basketball for a while that if they went down 2-0 to the Bucks, it kind of would have been like, damn. Uh, and they match them. And good for Boston. Tatum with 29, Jalen Brown with 30. Um, big Al Horford with 11 and 11. Look at him go. Um, how about Grant Williams out of Tennessee with 21 points? Good for you, kid. Um, and then, yeah, uh, it was Giannis and Drew Holiday. Not too much help from anyone else. Huh? Well, Pat Connaughton and Bobby Portis, the guys, uh, can be a fun series. I, and I think it's kind of a damned if you do for Milwaukee. Like, if they win and go on to win, people would just be like, well, Giannis and the Celtics team, they just kind of, it's never clicked. Meanwhile, for the Celtics, I think it would be like Tatum and Brown waiting for the moment they've been waiting for and everyone to point at Giannis and be like, yeah, he's not really the dude. I don't know. Maybe that was some weird New York-Boston stuff coming out. Did that make any sense, BBD? Made sense to me. That's a little bit how people be about it. Right? Like, people are are kind of saying Giannis is the guy, and and some people firmly believe he's like the best player in the NBA right now. So naturally, there's another side that like, well, they lose this series to the team that's been the best team in the NBA for however many months now. Um, they're they're looking for any excuse to tear him down now. It's just that's the nature of our of our society a little bit. It's sad. Kind of makes sense. Kind of, but makes sense. it makes sense. Um. And then I guess just a little more baseball. The Mets continue to roll. Yeah. My goodness. Um, they are 18 and 8. The Yankees are 18 and 6. They're the two best teams in baseball. Uh, if you're also looking for late night baseball fixes, Giants, Dodgers. Um, they're playing out there. Um, I. I guess I'll I'll just give a couple quick hitters from baseball, and I I think I think they're kind of takes on life. Whoa. Um, I retweeted a video of Jazz Chisholm the other day scoring from second on a ground ball to short. Uh, if you haven't seen that, go look it up. Jazz Chisholm plays for the Marlins. Marlins didn't get a lot of respect this year. I mean, Jeter left during the offseason. They're in one of the toughest divisions in baseball. They just lost a series to my Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks have been winning some baseball games, by the way. Watch out. 12 and 13 Diamondbacks. Um... Go watch the Jazz Chisholm clip. He, uh, you know, Jazz Chisholm, he's this swaggy young guy. He's, you know, he's dying the hair. He's wearing the chains. He's pimping home runs. He's, he's electric. Watch him score on that 
chopper to shortstop from second base. And look at his intensity. I think it was Monday night against the Diamondbacks, which again, in Miami, a place not known for their crowds. The Diamondbacks and Marlins, two teams not exactly with full World Series ambitions this year. Well, we play for rings in the desert. And look at the intensity. And I was, I've been looking around the league. Baseball. And then tying it into hockey and basketball. I believe, and it makes sense, again, not rocket scientists. I think guys care a little more coming off of COVID. We were locked up. Like, relive some of your lowest COVID moments. I did it the other day. Trev and Jom used to rip me pretty good about when I pulled the muscle in my back early COVID. Locked in my apartment. No human interaction. No sports. Hurt my back. Bad times. Bad times. No other way to say it. Think about who these dudes are. And I heard Joe West say this the other day. He was talking about his umpiring career. I think it was on part of my take. And he was talking about how managing or umpiring a baseball game, you have to understand how competitive these guys really are. And we know that. We talk about it. That, yeah, guys are competitive. They play pro sports. We get it. I know. I've got a buddy who's competitive. When professional athletes play pro sports, they come into a game saying, we can't, I will not lose today. That's where being on bad teams is such a mindfuck for athletes. Because they are not wired that way. I think these guys, and I know we had the 2021 season, and even 2020, it came back, 60 games, no fans in the stands, Go watch some of those clips. Bizarre. The cutouts of humans. Hmm. How bizarre is that in hindsight? Last year, we started the season like partial fans in stands. Um, You know, COVID was still very much a thing. Think about we talked about different teams and like, oh, they got, they've got it now. Uh, Or, oh. Kind of every team got their turn to not be themselves you know we we just played the Yankees but they don't have Judge and Rizzo or whatever it was like it was it was still hyper prevalent and I think we need to be honest and I know there's still stuff going on we had the second wave in the winter or whatever it was or third wave I don't even know at this point and it was more contagious but it was less powerful shaky doctors coming out I'm just telling you being in NYC the city feels different the city feels open um, you know, you don't, when you go into restaurants, they don't, you don't have to show your Vax card anymore. Like it's, it's a different level now. And like, look at all the stands at these games, playoff games and everything. And I think we have players. So I just talked about myself being locked up, back hurt, can't talk to people having a bad time. Imagine being a competitive athlete. Imagine being 23, 24, 25 and a world-class athlete and being locked up and being told you can't do that anymore. 
The competition around the league for baseball outside of the Cincinnati Reds, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry, Evan Phillips. Has been awesome. Like, the NBA very much has a regular season problem. Anyone who follows the NBA will tell you that between the rest days um, and, you know, back-to-backs and different things like that. That they get into the playoffs and uh, things are different and more competitive. Hockey, you know, those guys obviously compete. Hockey's still kind of niche a little bit. And playoff hockey goes up to another level. Playoff baseball is different than regular season baseball. Absolutely. But man, go look at this. Go look at Vlad Guerrero and how pissed he was that there was a missed call last night. Go look at Jazz Chisholm run. There was another guy the other day. I almost tweeted it out. I'll see if I can remember who it was. People care. And I think it's an after effect a little bit of everything that went on. That guys are just all in and emptying their heart off. Because I think people appreciate it just a little more. Just a little more after being locked up. It was a bad time. Um, so if you turn on a baseball game, if you turn on any of the NBA playoffs or the hockey playoffs, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be May. Justin Timberlake tweeted out. So, with all of that, we covered a lot. Kind of one night of sports, some big picture <clears throat> stuff. Me playing goalie back in the day, that came back. Man, still see that shot go right over the post. Thank God. Um, Bakers, let's talk about last episode a little bit. And let's talk about baking the algorithm. And the comment of the day, I ask you guys to leave a comment, interact, something about sports. Um, you know, a conversation, something we miss. We love your sports environment. Bring it to me. Um, <laughs> Tom Ace left a comment talking about, um, <laughs> talking about the hockey game last night, and he said the third string goalie that came in reportedly ate a huge spicy pork and broccoli during the first overtime. I don't know if that's true. If there, Tom Ace wouldn't lie about that, I don't think. Of course not. I mean, if that's part of the story, that becomes like a special meal in Pittsburgh history. Spicy pork and broccoli. Holy cow. Um, Zach Crutchfield, and this comes after my late dig at... Uh, at the Cincinnati Reds. As a lifelong Reds fan, I would never root for them. But I think it would absolutely be within the laws of fandom to part ways. The president blaming the city of Cincinnati as the reason they aren't profitable is a joke. We'll bounce back. Um, yeah. By the way, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I bet the Bengals make some money in a couple years. Know what town's like? A winning team? They really like that? Um, and yeah, Cincinnati, hey, I hope your young pitchers pan out. I hope Lodolo and Green, I hope they're the truth, and India continues to be a stud. 
Cincinnati Reds are three and twenty. Let me let me bring up the standings for you guys. Sorry, Cincy. <laughs> um, three and twenty. The Pirates, who are supposed to be, you know, really bad, are nine and thirteen. I mean, this the second worst teams in the National League have nine wins. That's triple the Reds. It's just really tough. It's just really tough. Tie that into the competitors I talked about. I don't know how you tie in Joey Votto's TikToks. <laughs> I don't really know what to do with that. Um, and then Matthew Nauer said, look at the Dodgers starting pitching on baseball reference. Even without Scherzer, Bauer, it's still legit, legit. Yeah, they've been like the best pitching... Um, the best pitching in baseball so far. Um, they're just a crazy organization right now. Um, Dominic Pincella, who I think I've referenced before because it's a good Italian name, said he thought his Chiefs did a good job with the draft and free agency. So, That's Good awesome. job. Good job. Thank you, guys. Keep baking the algorithm. Subscribe. Um, up to 6.22 subs. Thank you, guys. Climbing away. Climbing away. Um, BBD, that brings us to the Bro of the Night Award. The Bro of the Night goes to a standout uh, performer of some sort. I've already mentioned a lot. Yeah. I already mentioned <clears throat> a lot of people that stood out for very, very different reasons. You know where I think I'll go? Um He's a guy who pitched eight shutout innings last night. Uh, Carlos Cookie Carrasco mm. for the Mets. Um, who, uh, by the way, dude, uh, dude had a battle with leukemia. Yeah. And is back playing Major League Baseball. Um, so, yeah, he... Uh, you know, when you start talking about this year's Mets, I think a lot of other people get mentioned before him, including, like, the manager, Buck Showalter. But Carlos Carrasco, 35 years old now, just went out and he sh- threw eight-inning shutout against the Atlanta Braves. Um, so, you know, if, uh, if you're looking for more people to root for, I'll, uh, I'll give you an easy one there. So, um, BBD, where are you going? I'm also in the world of baseball, um, and one one special milestone was reached last night. Dusty Baker got his 2,000. Yes, that's like 12th to to ever cross that that threshold. That's a real one. Not, not of course not one of the baseball milestones that immediately come to mind when you think of baseball milestones, but like that's a lot of wins. It's a lot of baseball. Dusty Baker would probably be one of our guys in those conversation of how much baseball have you watched in your life. Um, and I was telling Ronnie this the other day. Uh, if you guys don't know our guy Ronnie at John Boy Media, uh, you will at some point. He's a, he's a stud. I love him. Seton Hall. Go Pirates. Um, he was making our graphic for Dusty and his 2,000 wins the other day. And he's like, look at this. And I was like, that's nice. Ronnie, I like that. Pretty. I was like, do you know Dusty used to be a, like a stud? 
And he's like, what do you mean? And he Googled, like, Dusty Baker. And he brought up a picture of young manager Dusty Baker. And I said, no, no, no. Dusty Baker used to be a ball player. Dusty Baker, 37 career war. Mm. From 1972 to 1985, he averaged... A 280 batting average, a 349 on base. He was a 118 OPS plus. Um, so I'm trying to think. For a long time. For a long time. So I, I don't know what the perfect comparison to him as a ball player is. Because, um, you know, he's got seasons. OPS plus is the way you need to measure it. Because, again, we're talking this is pre-steroids. This is not the home run era of baseball. Um, you know, he had a lot of 130 OPS plus seasons that those are high all-star all-star level baseball seasons. Um, this guy's a stud. Um, and just a baseball lifer and a beautiful man. And the toothpick is so iconic. Um, He's managed for so long that wasn't like a particularly, I guess maybe by today's standards, not a particularly young manager when he got started either. Like... Played, right. it, played until he was 37. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's not thought, like, thought he, like was, he got an early start to his coaching career. Not like he was. Uh, I saw another young coach the other day, and I was like, damn. Coaches yeah. are getting young. I think Marmol's the youngest right now. We don't like middle area. We like them young or old. None of that tweener stuff. <clears throat> um. Yeah, that's a good one. Dusty's the man. Dusty has a plan. He's got a plan. A man, a plan, Panama Canal. And I do I do need to say this. I I um you know, I gave our our guy Louis Domingue a lot of love for what he did and he deserved it. Our guy Igor <laughs> He did have 79 saves last night. Um you know, a normal stud hockey goalie game you're looking at like 30 saves or so. Igor was out there for 79 of them. That's a lot. That's a lot of saves, man. Um, So super excited for game two of that tomorrow. I will be tweeting from there. Probably on the Jumbotron. Oh my God. Look at this. Actually, pretty funny. My buddy who I'm going with that, that got us tickets. The last, like, three sporting events he's gone to with his girlfriend, who's a pretty girl. They've put her on the Jumbotron every time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's become a fun joke amongst us. Um, and that's life a little bit. People, John Boy Media, we've got JJR coming up in a little bit. Is Talking Baseball out? Oh, yeah. The All-JM team for April has been announced. It's a must-watch. It's chaos. Always. It is chaos. I'm starting to understand why award shows pick the winners not live on stage. But that's what we do. Um, The compound, Ian Happ, who just had a huge month of April and just got engaged. Congrats, Ian Happ. New episode of The Compound, Rose Rotation is out and there will be a new one tomorrow or Friday I think, I think. Yeah. Friday Talking Yanks Content Factory Good Vibes 
Uh, tonight. Mansplain, Farm to Fame, a Wordle video later. I think we might be geo-guessing. I don't think it comes out, but I think we're doing it. Breakdowns are big. Watch everything. We're a boxing company now. A lot of boxing company. Ryan Garcia was here the other day. Mad I didn't have him punch me. Love you guys. Bake it.